I'm going to be honest with you. I have never met our guest until 17 minutes ago. <laughs> we've, we've interacted, but somebody sent me a podcast by Real Talk Kim about a year and a half, two years ago. And when I, when I got done listening to that thing, honestly, I felt like I could charge hell with a water pistol. And... <laughs> And the water didn't even need, I mean, it was un, I was like, this is my sister from a different mister. And so Shannon and I were talking one night and I told Shannon, I said, how awesome would it be if we could get Real Talk Kim to come and speak on, on Mother's Day? Because I know she, 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 she's at a church, she pastors a church in Atlanta. I know she was going to be there this morning. I said, but maybe um, she would just drive up. And Shannon said, well, like, why don't you ask? And I went, it's a great idea. So I asked her within two minutes, she said, she said yes with the crying emojis. And I didn't know if the crying emojis was she didn't want to come or what, but um, we've gotten to interact via text and, and it is just, it blew my mind that she would say yes to come and speak because she's got so much going on. Today is Mother's Day. She is a mother. Um, and, and so she showed up a while ago. So much energy is contagious. It, and some of y'all, some of y'all are like, some of y'all like, I've never, maybe you've never heard of her, but when you leave tonight, you will have heard. We've got a painting company on standby because she's going to preach the paint off the walls. Y'all do me a favor and show our special guest, Real Talk Kim, a second chance. Welcome. Let her know how happy we are for her to be here. What's going on? Uh, Y'all better give it up for Jesus. Ain't he all right? Do, can I get a table or something to hold my little computer? Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Y'all, what's going on? How y'all feeling? Hey, husbands, did y'all get your wife something? Huh? What? You are in the doghouse. And I'm not even getting you out. Yo, I'm Real Talk Kim, and I'm so honored to be here. I absolutely adore Teen Noble. You know, it's so crazy because social media make you feel like you best friends with people. Y'all know, know there's people that put their relationship on social media, and then all of a sudden they break up, and they didn't tell us. Huh? Like, we had to live through all y'all... P.O. public service display of affection and how much y'all loved each other. And now all of a sudden we can't know what happened. I need to know. <laughs> but social media will have you feeling that way like you best friends with people. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like for the longest time I have followed uh, Pastor. I'm going to call you Pastor Perry because you I'm honored, man. Super honored to be in this platform. And I got to tell you publicly how doggone proud I am of you. <laughs> Pastor Perry Noble, you haven't seen nothing yet. Comebacks are God's favorites. And I don't know if y'all read the word, then you know that God loves to use people with the worst past to create the best future. Because something about us going to hell and coming out on fire, man. We like, what? 
What? And we're exactly who God wants to use. And he's so proud of you. That's why he gave you the gift of Shannon. Shannon was just what you needed. That sweet little thing ain't got a religious bone in her body. She like, I just don't understand people. I'm like, girl, bye. It's religion. But I honor y'all and I thank you that you let me come all the way from Atlanta to stand in this pulpit on a Mother's Day evening. I don't take this lightly. And I'm excited to be the president of y'all's fan club. I'm excited to cheer you on all the way and watch as you got to knock out walls because it's obviously too small. I don't know anybody that would have a service on a Sunday night in Mother's Day, <laughs> but you did because you daring like that and it looks pretty full up in here. But I'm thankful to be here. Let's go ahead and pray, Father. I just thank you right now for your presence. That God, what you're about to do in this place in the next 30 minutes. That God, you have orchestrated this night as a gift to every mother, every father, every single in waiting for their bow chicken. Wow, wow. That God, you have set us up for tonight. That tonight will be the best night of the rest of our lives. That Father, we realize that as long as we ain't dead, you ain't done. <laughs> And it don't matter what we did yesterday. It don't matter if we were nay nay in a pink pony two nights ago. Tonight is the night where this was a divine appointment. Where you said, if I can just get a yes from you. I just need a moment of you saying yes. To get up after the failure. To get up after the heartbreak. To tell your heart to beat again. And let me do what I can only do in your life. Because you're the kind of God that in Joel 2.25 said... That you're going to give us back everything the devil stole. That's even the stupid mistakes we made. That even means all the years we wasted on Build-A-Bear. <laughs> you got a way of putting it all together again and bringing it and letting us realize that life is just full of free life college. And we ain't got to pay one student loan back. Because that's the kind of God you are. So tonight in this place at Second Chance Church, what a perfect name. Because you are a God of second chances, a God of third chances, a God of fourth chances, a God of fifth chances. You're a God. You're a God that'll leave the 99 and go to the one at the well that had been married five times and living with somebody that wasn't even her spouse and say, baby, I'm here to pick you up and give you living water. And so, Lord, we thank you tonight and we say, Selah. And here we are to celebrate you on this beautiful night. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, let's give it up for that worship team. I want to go ahead and take the credit. <laughs> I want to take the credit for that song that y'all love so much. God is more than able. Y'all, I get a song in my spirit and I will sing the heck out of it. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm on my way. As long as I got a pulse, God, you got a plan. That man over there kept saying, I know you got a worship song. I'm like, dude, I don't listen to worship. <laughs> but I do listen to certain songs. I said, how about this one? God is more than able. And man, y'all's team killed it. What a beautiful anointing y'all carry. And I want y'all to now give it up for all the parking attendants outside. What? What? 
I drove up in here and they didn't even know, they didn't even know who I was. They were like moving cones. I was like, okay, them prophetic people. Y'all prophetic before I even walk up and drive up in the driver. That's what I'm talking about. I always say this to y'all. When you go to a church, if it's nasty and you feel all blech, when you walk in, it's because of pastors. <laughs> y'all listen to me. The church is an example of the pastor. Period. Period. Po. That's the same way with families. Your family is an example of that man or the woman. Your kids crazy, you crazy. Your kids dramatic, you dramatic. Every other day you on Facebook saying, I'm doing a Facebook purge. I listened to Real Talk Kim on Mother's Day. She said I could delete everybody that was full of drama. So tonight while y'all are sleeping, I'm going to do a Facebook purge. If you wake up in the morning and I'm not in your news feed, it's because you've been deleted. Because I'm sick of the drama. Baby, you are the drama. You hear me? It's so funny because God created man and woman, right? And men, they like... They, they can, like, use little bitty words. Like, they don't even need a lot. Like, we women, we be thinking, man, he's cheating on us. He ain't cheating on you, boo. He's tired. You, like, wait till he goes to bed, and all of a sudden, you're, like, sliding out of the bed and moving over to the floor, and you forget that he's got a smartphone, and the minute anything hits that smartphone, the light comes on. You're over there trying to look in his phone to see who he's cheating with. <laughs> all of a sudden, you accidentally hit the phone, and you're like, ah! Because the light lights up. Girl, just go on and love him. You know what I'm saying? Just go on and get healed. But God created man and woman, and we're so different. Ain't we different? Women, we crazy. And it's Eve's fault. And husbands, I'm sorry. Men, I'm sorry. About every 28 days. <laughs> Y'all trying to slip her some chocolate? It ain't going to work. You could have the same, man, you could have the same. You chase butterflies with your little tweaks. And we love it. We like, you got the cutest tweaks on the planet. But about every 28 days, you start doing those tweaks. And while you're sleeping, we're holding the pillow close to your face. <laughs> you love everything about him till 28 days. It's all Eve's fault. If Eve would have just stayed in her lane. Apples are not even good without peanut butter. And now us women are going through life crazy. And it starts about 14. About 14, we start getting a little crazy. Then all of a sudden, we hit about 40. Anybody 40 up in here? How's it working for you? Huh? You cray-cray? You probably need some estrogen. I'm just going to tell you that. About 40 years old, stuff starts happening. You start getting a chef about right here. Anybody else, you've been flat and skinny. You could eat all the three musketeers you wanted. Then about 40, 45-ish, all of a sudden you drive and you're like, what is going on with my body? Right? It's like all of a sudden your husband's eating chips at 12 o'clock. You ain't ate nothing all day. You're starving. But you're gaining all his weight. <laughs> then all of a sudden about 45, us women, we start getting something right here. Anybody else got that thing? What is that? What is that flap? Like it's not protecting your heart. Like there's no reason why a woman's skin's to start flapping like that. And the only thing that it's good for is if you go get a tattoo on July the 4th, you can wave it. 
Just get an American flag. And on July the 4th, you can just wave it. Give yourself a black eye. It's all Eve's fault. And I just helped a bunch of you because you thought you were the only one walking through the challenges of being a woman. But here's the most beautiful thing about it. God created you to be a woman. Let me explain this to you. Y'all ready for this? Woman of God, you have the capability to birth a whole human out of your body. I, I don't think women realize the power that that is. Because we just birth babies and we end the broccoli out the next day. What? You ever seen a man with a paper cut? <laughs> you can literally birth a whole human out of your body. Ten fingers, ten toes. Little Jesse, little Jerry. Some of y'all got five boys trying to have a girl. Now you're mad at God because all you're thinking about is that boy going to grow up and move out and you're going to be in a nursing home. Because you know them boys move out. Now you're like, I need a girl because she's going to help me stay young. You know, she's going to like take care of me when I go to the nursing home. So you've been just trying to have all these girls. And, you've, and then now we got social media. Social media will have you hating your neighbor that you don't even know. You will be scrolling through Instagram at 4 o'clock in the morning. And there will be a lady that is the same age as you. She has written a book. And you know you want to write a book. But you were in special ed. And you were afraid because you don't know where commas go. And this broad that was in high school with you and on the homecoming court and beat you. It's now looking still like she just left the homecoming court. And here you are over here with Jerry, Johnny, Jesse, and you ain't never had a girl. And she got a boy and a girl, a boy and a girl, and a labradoodle that's caramel. And she has the nerve to show up in a bikini at Destin. And you are still trying to get your back boobs off from Jerry that's 12. And the enemy is doing everything he can to get you stuck in the comparison game because that's what us women do. And we will be scrolling and scrolling and we can't stand her. And she's showing us how she juices everything in her house, even the peanuts. And our family is eating chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A because it is the most healthy fast food that there is. And then lo and behold, on Friday, she puts up a picture and it is her husband. And her husband looks like he stepped out of GQ. And your husband looks like he stepped out of DQ. And you are livid. You are livid. Because the enemy cannot take you out. So he's trying to wear you out. And he's doing it through comparison. Because if a woman can ever find out who she is, baby. If she can ever realize that we were, we were built to take a licking and keep on ticking. We were created to birth a baby and cook dinner within 24 hours. We were created to be able to take a man that feels like he's this big and just love on his little one pack. You were created to be able to open your mouth. You ain't got to nag a man, baby. If you find out who you are, your mouth can move a man. Some of y'all need to learn how to hush up is what you need to know how to do. 
nagging, nagging. No, no, no. You need to know how to talk. Baby, you know the trash goes out this morning. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it. Okay, baby. Have I told you lately that you are the sexiest trash can taker outer I ever seen in my... That man will be running down the neighborhood every Tuesday. Because we women have the power to speak life and death and shift the narrative of our homes. We have the power, woman of God, to literally have a man sleeping in the guest room for six months and he don't know why. <laughs> he didn't notice your hair. It ain't his job, really. Men don't notice nothing. I'm just telling y'all, listen. It ain't because he don't think you're hot. He wouldn't be with you if he didn't think you were hot. They just don't notice stuff like that. And you've been making them sleep in the guest room. All you got to do is go home tonight. You ain't got to say you're sorry for making that man sleep in the guest room. All you got to do is when he's in the kitchen, walk in the kitchen, act like you fall. And just grab a hold of his arm. Just, just the fingertip anointing. Just slide your finger. Tip around him. And all of a sudden, he'll be like, ha! He'll be upstairs getting his blanket and his pillows. You ain't got to say you're sorry. That's how much power we women have. But I think we lose the value of who we are. Because somewhere along the line, the enemy knew that you got the power to adjust. You got the power to shift. You got the power to speak a thing. You got the power to take your peppermint new living oil. And you can lay it all over your house. You can let your husband go to work and your kids walk out of the house. And you can get your oil and begin to lay hands on it. And begin to walk around your house and let the devil know who's a boss of your house. Devil, you shall not have my marriage. You will not have my family. You will not have my children. You should have taken me out before I found my voice. Now I know who I am. And I can birth the baby. And I'm about to flip the flow of this family. Taking it back. I was raised United Pentecostal, which is a very strict religion. And my daddy was a preacher. And we were raised that women couldn't preach. But I knew I was supposed to preach. Because I was like a loud mouth. You know what I'm saying? I would like go steal all the suckers of Shoney's. Put them in my purse because we'd be eating out because that's what church folk do. We eat a lot. And we'd be at Shoney's and I'd be stealing the suckers and I'd go to school and sell them. And it was like everything I did, I would make like lots of money. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like this entrepreneur. Finally, Mimi was like, that's my mom over there, my little 75-year-old mama. She's single. She's single. She's single, ready to mingle. My daddy died three years ago and when he was dying, she was leaning over him saying, baby, serving you was the greatest assignment of my life for the last 52 years, man. I'm proud of you, Mimi. But I would sell these suckers and I was like, God, I know that I'm supposed to be more. Well, about kindergarten, I, I, I got diagnosed as special head. Like short bus. Like, I remember thinking, Pastor Perry, I'd be rubbing my face. Like, maybe I'm drooling and I don't know it. <laughs> like, I'm special ed. I ain't never going to get to preach. Because I'm probably all jacked up and don't know it. And it followed me all the way through my years of school. 
And I remember about fourth grade, I never knew it was really special ed. I thought it was VIP special. And every time they'd be like, all the, all the special kids can go to class, I'd get up like, what? <laughs> I'd be looking at them like, what? Y'all be jealous. Y'all be jealous. Then in fourth grade, I had this teacher that hated being a teacher. And she was there to bust my bubble. She said, all the special ed kids can get up and go to class. And I just sat there. She said, Kim, that would be you. I said, no, ma'am. I'm waiting for VIP. She said, that is VIP. Very important special ed. And I remember at that moment, y'all, that I started like powering down in my life. Because that's what the enemy does. He usually starts at a young age. He'll allow a death in your family. He'll allow an addiction. He'll allow an affair. He will allow uh, 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 your, your mama being crazy. And now you crazy. And everybody's like, oh, you just like your mama. You bipolar. Who said? Oh, you depressed because your mama's depressed. Who said? When my God got off of the throne and on the, to the cross and stretched his arms out wide, he said, for you it is finished. That means at the end of the day, I am his and he is mine. And anything that is attached to me does not have to go by a label that was put on top of you. And I went my whole life in that flow of feeling like I was less than. And I ran away and got married. Trying to get away from her. <laughs> Pastor Rod Parsley, I went to his Bible school and I remember Pastor Rod Parsley, I ended up getting divorced like six months later. Now y'all gotta remember, I was United Pentecostal. You get divorced, you're going to hell on the slip and slide. I was like, dear God, you better grease that thing down. Like I'm the type of girl, if I'm going to hell, we're gonna have fun going. Okay, I don't do anything small. I'm very passionate. Like, if I'm going to get married, I ain't going to check you out. We ain't going to do no background check. What? What are we doing? We met twice. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Let's make some history. That's how I always was. Crazy. I was nuts. was fearless. I never thought about my future. And I was at Pastor Rod Parsley's, and I was singing on the Sea of Galilee. I know the peace speaker on the Sea of Galilee. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He calls me by name when he says, peace, be still. Yo, I didn't know the peace speaker. I didn't know who I was singing about. Preacher's kid. I'm shocked that the Sea of Galilee did not dry up with me on that boat. I was 22 years old. And I remember Pastor Rod Parsley looked at me on the way home from Israel. And he said, Kimberly, when we get home, he said, I'm moving, in you, moving you into one of these houses on campus because we need to watch you. I said, for what? He said, because, girl, there's an anointing on your life and you don't see it. And he said, I got to guard it. And I thought, Psh, guard this. <laughs> I got home, packed my Yugo. <laughs> And went and got married again. <laughs> the only good thing that came out of that marriage was I got two kids in 18 years. So I must not be that bad. 
where people are like, oh my God, ain't nobody gonna ever love me. Baby, you've been married twice, that means you got something good going. <laughs> like you likable, you just need to fix the airs that runs them off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like there's something about you. You've been married five times, you are likable. You just can't keep them. We gotta work on that. It's all about perspective. And I remember after 18 years of marriage, I was so ashamed because that marriage fell apart. Two preacher's kids. And I'm at this time 36 years old and white people melt. I was starting to melt. White people, we start dragging. Like I was starting to get cankles. I was like, man, I got to like get on the dating scene again. This is going to stink. 18 years, I didn't feel good about myself. But the thing that I was most worried about was you. I was so ashamed of what people were going to say about me. And I remember when I was walking through and living with my mama, I couldn't even buy cheese with my credit. I lost everything. I went from a $600,000 house to a 10 by 10 bedroom the size of my mom and daddy's walk-in closet. And I had to go get a job at Bloomingdale's and I hated people. And remember, I was United Pentecostal, y'all. We can't wear makeup. I don't know what was wrong with women, but we couldn't do nothing. Men look like they stepped out of GQ and we look like hobbits. I couldn't even wear sleeves, short sleeves. I mean, I had to show, I didn't even cover my elbows because you know, elbows are so sexy. They gonna make every man fall. I don't know what that was about. And I'm back at my mom and daddy's, man, and I'm laying there one night and I remember saying, God, I need you to take this pain away from me because I'm really lonely. I've been in church my whole life and I've ran from you my whole life. And now I'm 36 years old and I need you to take this pain away from me because I don't really even know if you're there. I, I, all I know is a whole bunch of hypocrites in church. A bunch of people that destroy. Christians are the only people that kick their wounded and kill them. And I was laying in that bed and I said, God, I don't want nothing to do with that. Because the reason I know we're married is because we got around the wrong church folk and we saw too much. And here I am in this house with my two sons that need a mama and I'm broken. And I said, I need you to take this pain away from me. And I remember at that moment, God said, Kimberly, I cannot take the pain away. You gotta get up and walk away from it. You gotta stop stalking them. You gotta stop caring about them. Haters are confused fans. He said, I gotta use the haters. I gotta use the rumors. I gotta let people talk about you. Because where I'm about to take you, I'm going to get you free from them, Kim. I'm going to get you free from what they think about you. I'm going to get you free from people pleasing. But they're going to keep talking about you. Because anytime that you're taking aggression and growing, people are going to talk about you. Because especially people that had the same opportunity to grow and they didn't grow when you did. 
See, everybody wants to be a diamond, but nobody wants to get cut. It takes a very special person to be able to get their feet on the ground and say, devil, here I come. I'm coming out and I'm moving like this. Like you can hit me, but I'm bouncing back. This time I ain't staying in my bed. I ain't staying depressed. I'm getting up and I might be dragging my big old thick thigh and I might feel like a turtle stuck in peanut butter, but I ain't staying there. Second chance church, you listen to me. Nobody owes you nothing. You hear me? Everything that you need is on the inside of you. Your story is about to change. The minute you get up. You got to stop talking about it. You got to stop regurgitating it. You got to stop making that man pay or that woman pay for something somebody else did. The pain may not be your fault, but the healing is your responsibility. Yo, I did everything they said I did. But so did Apostle Paul. He was a Christian killer. He did everything they said he did. He got bit by a snake. They called him a God. They loved him. Because this is what people do, Pastor Perry. They love you until it ain't popular to love you. But that's all part of God. Do you understand me? Because people will ride with you as long as there's gas in the car. But the minute that gas runs out, where they at? See, what God does is he uses failure as an opportunity to expose the snakes that are in your life. Sometimes he has to cut the grass really low. So that you can see the snakes that are around you. Because baby snakes are not snakes. The devil don't come in a pitchfork and a robe. Snakes and devils come in bros, sisses, baby, boo. You hear me? And you're over here getting stuck on that rejection. When God says rejection was my protection. Rejection was not necessarily someone wanting out of your life, but it was somebody I needed out of your future. That even goes for your daddy. That even goes for your mama. When we get to this place where we understand that mamas and daddies only gave us what they knew, we'll stop being mad at them. Go through our entire life needing counseling. There's some of y'all in counseling for something that happened 48 years ago, and you don't even remember the details. But because somewhere inside of you, you are holding on to something that somebody did to you when it was ammunition and crushing and oil to elevate you to another level. If you would not have gone through that divorce, if I would have never told, I told that man for 18 years, I don't need no man. I woke up one day and didn't have one. I was like, what happened? He said, you don't need no man. I said, God, get him. He said, I'm about to get you. He said, because you never one time asked me if that was your husband. He said, and his character can't keep up with where I'm about to take you. He said, so we're going to chalk this off to experience. But you're about to get yourself well. Apostle Paul got bit by a snake. The very hand that got bit by a snake was the one he used to heal Publius. That divorce. If I wouldn't have walked through that divorce, I would have never been at Bloomingdale's having to put makeup on people. And I still don't know how to do makeup. You get close to me, 
My eyebrows are not twins. <laughs> I walked up into Belk. They made me work at Belk at first. Belk is like a glorified Kmart on crack. I walk up in the bell and they said, girl, we got the perfect job for you. I was like, what's that? They said, Estee Lauder. I said, no, 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 no. I don't like people and I hate women. Because y'all know that's what we do. Every, oh, we don't have no friends because we ain't no friend. That's why we ain't got no friends. All my friends are men. That's why every 28 days they all blocking you. That's why you need sisters, healthy women. That can hold each other, right? I'll never forget y'all. They put me in belt. They put me in belt and then they brought my uniform out. It's navy blue. I hated navy blue till I turned 50 years old. And I guess 50 years old, navy blue is an old color. And all of a sudden I started liking navy blue. And it was polyester. I look like a Graham's biscuit can busted. And I got to walk out there and put makeup on people. And I remember I stood back in that stock room and I said, God, you hate me. And, I, and I'm very dramatic. I know that shocks y'all. I was like, you hate me. He's like, you through? Because God don't play with me like he plays with a lot of y'all. Y'all like, rock bye baby. Now he like, he thug with me. Like when God deals with me, he deals with me like I'm from the south side of heaven. I'm telling y'all. Like I got hood and holy. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm ratchet and righteous. And he said, girl. He said, get your butt out there. He said, and fall in love with them people. And he said, since you don't know how to do makeup, <laughs> you better learn how to like them people. Because you're going to have to fake it. Because you got 45 minutes with one woman. And I thought, oh, dear Lord. Well, Estee Lauder has this perfume called Youth Do. It is the nastiest <laughs> smelling perfume you've ever smelled in your life. And it smells like a mosquito repellent. And every woman that comes to spray this perfume has nose problems. And she smells, she sprays it, and I will be hiding behind. That same woman is the one sitting in my chair for 45 minutes. And I remember my very first customer, her name was Eleanor. And I walk out there and I look at her, and she's about 70-ish. But you could tell she had a hard life. And all of a sudden, as I'm sitting there looking at her, thinking about the makeup, I'm thinking, dear God, I don't even know where to begin. And I started talking to this lady. And she started telling me about how she had to sit in my chair because she got divorced 13 years earlier. And she had been stuck in her house for 13 years. And how all of a sudden her money had ran out and she has to go get a job at 70. And she said, I'm sitting in your chair because I don't know how to do my makeup. And I thought, oh, dear God, we are in so much trouble. And as we're sitting there, I started talking to her and I said, girl, you don't even need makeup. Lie. I said, you don't even need makeup. I said, you are so beautiful. That when God was creating you, and all of a sudden God took over my tongue. When God was creating you, he took extra time for you. By the time she got out of that chair, I put some highlighter on her. 
I had dabbed a little bit of clear mascara because I had her convinced her eyelashes looked like feathers. And I put some lip gloss on her. Every person that came and sat in my chair, every one of them only bought a lip gloss because that's all I put on them. <laughs> Estee Lauder were calling me saying, Kimberly, what are you doing? You got the biggest sales ever at Estee Lauder. What is going on? We've never so, so many, so many lip glosses ever. I said, if you only knew. Well, we're going to come see you Friday, and we're going to let you tell us what you're doing. I thought, Lord, y'all, Friday, Eleanor comes walking back in my store. And I thought, dear God, she's going to bring that lip gloss back, and they're standing at my counter. I ran around the counter and said, Eleanor, you cannot, you cannot return that lip gloss right now. You cannot. See all these people over here? These are the execs of Estee Lauder, and I'm crushing it, crushing it. She said, oh, no, Kim. She said, I'm not bringing the, the lip gloss back. She said, I'm coming because for 13 years I've been seeing a counselor. And nothing's changed in me. She said, but last Friday when I sat in your chair. She said, for 45 minutes I sat there. And she said, when I got up, she said, I went home and I opened every blind in my house. She said, I cleaned every dish in my house. And she said, I've been outside, and I don't go in until the sun goes down. She said, I don't know what you did last week. She said, but whatever you did, I'm going to come sit in your chair every Friday. I thought, oh, dear God. She said, every Friday, I'm going to sit in your chair, and I'm going to buy another lips gloss every Friday. She said, but whatever it is that you carry. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Kimberly, what you went through was not even for you. It was for the Eleanors. It was for the millions of people. I'm here to tell Second Chance Church that what you went through, it might have broke your heart it might have devastated you you might have lost your credit you might have lost your marriage you might have lost your dignity but God is saying you did it for them you did it for them you did it for them it might have embarrassed you but God said I trusted you with it there's a woman in the Bible, in Ruth, Mama, we carry so much weight. We carry so much weight. We try to cook. Mimi is so healthy, and she cooks so good. And I loved to tell people, I can't cook. I thought that was the greatest compliment ever, was that I can't cook, but I can make reservations. But about 49 years old, I'm thinking, I feel like God about to bring my bow check And I'm about to spoil him rotten. Because something happens. Ladies, when you get to a place where you allow all that you've gone through to be ammunition to get you where you're going. It is not something to be ashamed of. It is something to catapult you. It's not something to walk around. Y'all up here say, I don't need no man. You know you want a man so bad. You want a big old burly man to come up behind you, wrap his arms around you. Hello, is it me you're looking for? You know it. You know it. There's a woman in the Bible in Ruth. One exactly in verse 20, and it says, Call me Mara 
Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away feeling, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. In this text, what we see is after Naomi first lost her husband in death, and then her two married sons died, she was so discouraged that she changed her name from Naomi, which means joy, to Mara, which means bitter. She was basically telling people, I'm bitter, I'm broken. My dreams are shattered. Just let me live in this pain. I do believe sometimes we don't want to get healed. Because we like the attention being broken gets us. Because at least if we don't get healed, then nobody's expecting anything from us. Especially when we were the black sheep of the family. But the beautiful thing about God is he takes black sheep of the family and turns them into goats. You hear me? The harder your life is, the greater your ladder is going to be. Because thieves don't rob empty vaults. You hear me? The devil is not fighting you because you're weak. He was not fighting Naomi because Naomi wasn't carrying something. There was a mission in place. She's saying, my dreams are shattered. Just let me live in this pain. Sure, she had suffered deep losses like a lot of you in this room. Maybe it's yourself. Maybe you're beating yourself up. Maybe you're right now in the middle of an affair. Maybe right now you feel like you have done such a doozy, there's no coming back for you. Let me tell you about a brother named Jonah. Jonah was told to go to Nineveh. He said, let them die. Let them die. Like some of y'all with your exes. Kill him. Kill him with a train. Because if a train kills him, Pastor Perry Noble can't bring him back to life in the prayer line. Jonah said, kill him. Kill him. I ain't going to Nineveh. He went the exact opposite. But God is so good that he said, fish. Follow Jonah, because he's going to need transportation back to where I told him to be in the first place. Why? Because he's a good, good father, and he knows your name. He knows your name. He knows your name. He knew Naomi. Naomi is broken. She's lost. Her identity, the husband that took care of her, her two sons that were all she had, left alone with two daughter-in-laws, Orpha and Ruth. And as the story goes, she looks at Orpha and Ruth one day and she says, I can't have no more boys for y'all. So I'm going to go on and release you because you're still young. Go live your life. Orpha was like, okay, child, bye. <laughs> Orpha was like, you gave me permission. I'm going back. I'm going to do, I'm going to get me a man back over here and have some kids. Ruth said, no. Where you go, I go. 
And as the story goes, we see that because of Ruth's dedication, See, sometimes when we're walking through something, especially as ladies, we'll get lost in our kids and we'll get lost in, in life. And we're like, oh, I'll just wait on my dreams when the kids get grown. And, you know, I'll do this when, when the time is right. The time ain't never right. You're more than just raising your kids. You got a call of God on your life that people are watching you right now and you don't even know they're watching you. In this story, as we read it unfold, we see that Naomi ends up sending Ruth out to work. She wasn't twerking, she was working. She's out there not mad. She's out there saying, no, I'm going to get out here and I'm going to do whatever I got to do for my mother-in-law. We're going to make it happen. Then there was a brother, all of y'all's dream board men. His name was Boaz. Boaz sees Ruth. And as the story is unfolding, and here's what I want you to understand. That as the story is unfolding, we see that if Naomi's husband would have never died. If her sons would have never died. Ruth would have never met Boaz. And if he would have never met Boaz, we would have never had the genealogy of Jesus. Your hell was a divine appointment. Romans 8.28 says that God is working all things together for your good. I was 36 years old and lost everything. At 39 years old, I kind of started climbing up and I was listening to preaching in my car. I'd be listening to T.D. Jakes, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I go pause, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I sure didn't think I was going to let me preach. Me? What? Let's look at the woman at the well. She's been married five times. God goes, sits down at that well, the hottest part of the day. He says, where's your husband? He's such a thug. He's like, where's your husband? He knew, but he wanted her to admit. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, I know. You got five exes, and you're living with one that ain't yours. He said, but I'm here to give you living water. What is this telling you? What about the man at the pool of Bethesda? The man at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years had this laid at this pool. It said there were five porches. Said that people were laying around the pool all broken and distressed. And then all of a sudden, 38 years later, waiting for an angel. This dude was laying there by this pool for 38 years, waiting for somebody to come put him in the pool. I don't know about y'all. Us mamas, we would have crawled. We would have crawled to the water. Us daddies, we would have crawled. We would have done something. I don't know why he just laid there. I would have been like humping it. But a man walks up and says... Do you want to get well? The brother had the nerve to say, uh, I'm waiting on somebody to put me in the pool. All of a sudden, God said, pick up your mat and walk. Now, because I am 
this type of person, I need details. I'm looking. Well, what happened? Did his legs grow out? Because surely he didn't have no legs. Surely he didn't have no hands because surely he'd have, he'd have crawled. Surely he wasn't dumb dumb like that. It never said in the Bible that anything grew out. It just said all of a sudden he picked up his mat. I could not understand why God going to make him clean his room. Like you asking this man to get up and clean his room? Pick up his mat? I mean, we asking this man that's been laying there for 38 years. He going to need therapy or something. And you go ask him to clean his room. But the more I started looking at it, the man had legs and arms. He got up. And why did God tell him to pick up his mat and walk? He said, pick up your mat because I don't want you to go back when things get rough. Just like that, he was healed. It leads me to believe that somewhere along in this man's life, he had a bad daddy that told him he wasn't ever going to mount to nothing. Or he had a mama that said, you ain't, you just like your daddy. You just like your daddy. And he knew she hated her daddy, his daddy. So he got stuck. And the devil will get your mind in such a ringer that you will believe the lies that you'll never recover. That's why I love your pastor. He could have quit and went and sold cars. But he said, no. There's something in me greater. There's something in you, Second Chance Church, that you've been sleeping on. You've been sleeping on it. You get up, you go to work, you come home, you watch basketball, you go to work out, you go back to bed, you get up, y'all eat the same, same time every day, you do the same thing every day, and now all of a sudden your life is just like, Bleh. your marriage ain't got no life, y'all don't date no more, Jesse and Jerry about to leave, I don't know what y'all gonna do when they leave, because y'all ain't gonna have no conversation, because y'all don't even go on dates no more, you sleep back to back. Because the enemy is trying to take you out because one will put a thousand to flight and two will put ten thousand to flight. You better get your fight back. Second chance, you gotta get your fight back. Depression is of the devil. Depression and anxiety. Yo, I'll never forget. I am a woman of faith and power. I will go preach conferences all over the world. I didn't preach my first sermon until I was 41 years old. Now I've preached in every platform of every person that I sat and mocked in my car preaching. Everybody that I mocked in the beginning, like, oh, I know they pushing them down whenever they laying hands on them. That white coat really knocks them down. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Is all that really necessary? But when I started getting so full of God, if a mosquito would have bit me, it would have got the Holy Ghost. Because I'm telling y'all something. I got to a point where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was at a point where I said, I'm coming back. Devil, I'm coming back. And I might be 41 years old. And I might not have never preached a sermon. I might be special ed. But I'm going to write a book too. Take that, devil. Y'all, if you watch me on any of my social media pages, you got to be in the Holy Ghost to see what I'm trying to say. Because there are no commas. I don't know where commas go. Thank God for editors and me, me. Because I just turned 50 years old. 
And I just signed a six-figure book deal. Me. Working at Bloomingdale's 10 years ago. Making $13 an hour 10 years ago. Now I pastor a church. Started another church in Atlanta, Georgia. Scared. I don't know what I'm thinking. The man that I walked out and left Bible school in the middle of the night, Pastor Rod Parsley. I probably stayed in that marriage a lot longer than I should have. Trying to prove a point to him. He said it wasn't going to make it. And I was showing him it was as I was dying. And after I got out of that, and I began to move and preach and get to stand on platforms that I never dreamed I would get to stand on. I heard the Lord say, Yo, that man's going to call you back. And I said, I ain't going. Ashton Kutcher's going to be there with the camera. <laughs> He's going to punk me. And I remember Pastor Rob Parsley called and he said, We want Real Talk Kim to come preach at Dominion Camp Meeting. And I thought, What? That's the conference I used to live for. This was four years ago, y'all. And as I'm getting off the plane and I'm driving to the church to preach in front of 8,000 pastors that can preach rings around me, but they ain't got my sauce. They can steal my recipe, but they ain't got this oil. I've been rebellious. I've been holy. Now I'm a holy rebel. I went to hell and back for this stuff. You hear me? And as I'm in the car going to the church, I'm looking up and there's billboards. And in the middle of all these six men is there a girl with a mohawk, me. The only woman on that billboard. And I heard the Lord say, because you put in the work. Because you got up and you got better instead of bitter. I remember I struggled probably about five years ago. I was struggling a little bit with anxiety because I almost had imposter syndrome. Where you almost feel like I can't believe I'm getting to do this. At any second, the rug's going to be pulled out from under me. I remember one day I got off the plane and I felt my arm tingling. I was like, oh my God. So I went to what everybody does, of course. I just got done with a conference where I chased a woman that had MS. She came up like this and I laid hands on her and her feet came up. and She went running and I went running after her. Miracle right in front of me. But as I'm laying in the bed, I'm feeling this tingling in my arm and I'm like, Dr. Google, what is up with this? Dr. Google told me, you better get to the emergency room because you're about to be dead in about five minutes because you, my girl, are having a stroke. All of a sudden, I felt my, clo my throat closing. I said, <gasps> I said, Mimi, I'm dying. Dr. Google said I'm dying. Mimi goes, real talk, Kim. Don't you hate it when people use your own material on you? She said, you better get in that closet and pray for yourself right now. Because you are not dying. You are not dying. I said, Dr. Google said I'm dying. I went in the closet. I was like, come out. Before I knew it, I was in that, house, in that car and I'm driving myself to the hospital. And I'm like, <gasps> I was on a TV show at that time called Preachers of Atlanta. Everybody knew me. I did not care because I was dying. 
I pull up to the hospital, and as I, as I get out of the car, I am running into the hospital. I cannot breathe, and I feel my, clo- my throat is closing up, and I run, and I proceed, and I fall over the front counter. The lady at the front has the nerve to say, ma'am, what is your name? I said, dad, dad, I'm dying, I'm dying. She said, what is your social security number? I said, dad. She would not take me seriously. So I proceeded to die on her counter. I was looking down at her feet and she still wasn't moving. And I'm going to die in the middle of Piedmont Fayette. And as I'm laying over, I hear the Lord saying, what are you doing? I said, Elizabeth, I'm coming home. He said, girl, you ain't coming home, but you about to be out $10,000 if you go behind them sliding glass doors. It was the emergency room. All I heard was $10,000. I said, come on, Mimi. There's been a miracle in Piedmont Fayette. I've never had another panic attack in my life, ever. And I realized that night if I die, I ain't gonna know it. (laughs) Maybe you're in this room and you struggle with anxiety. Maybe you struggle with depression. Maybe you're like Naomi and you changed your name. Maybe a divorce took your life. Maybe when they walked out, you died. Maybe you're a single mama in this room and nobody's told you, Happy Mother's Day today. Girl, I'm here to tell you, sister, you bad. You bad. God is trusting you with legacy. Maybe you ain't been to one of your kids' games in two years because you've been working. I didn't get to go to one of my kids' vacations. Mimi and Papa literally took them on all their vacations while I'm at Bloomingdale's working. And now I get it. Maybe it was because it takes a village. Maybe I wasn't the one to get Morgan and Lincoln to that next place because I was too broken. I remember I was looking on Facebook at about 38 years old and it was when the quiz was on there and it was 25 things that, about me and I was telling y'all I like banana sandwiches with mayonnaise and y'all were saying I like tomato sandwiches. We just telling y'all my favorite color is pink and I remember I went and I looked on there Shannon and I was up the very first row and it said what's your favorite color and I started crying because I couldn't even tell you what my favorite color was because I'd lost myself in being a mom, single mom, loving the wrong people. Looking for validation from people that ain't valid. Taking constructive criticism from people that ain't never constructed a doggone thing. And I'm laying in that bed that night and I'm like, God, I don't even know 25 things about me. I said, I want to know 25 things about me. I want to fall back in love with me, the one you created me to be before I got lost in tradition and religion. Before I got caught up in counterfeits that I thought were going to love me and didn't. 
that ran off after I told him I didn't need him for 18 years. I said, God, help me. And I remember seven days later, it was Mother's Day, just like today. And my son Lincoln Presley was nine years old at that time. He walks in and he handled, hands me a poem. And the poem was 35 things that I love about you. Because he's a good, good father. You write yourself off. He never did. When people write you off, he writes you on. Number one on there said, I love your mama because you're the loudest one at my basketball game. That boy used to tell me every time we were going to the game, Mama, if you yell, I'm never going to tell you of another basketball game again. And as soon as he would hit one, I'd go, wow. Only to find out nine years later that that was his favorite part about his mama. Number six said, I love you, Mama, because you conquered hell in high heels. See, the way you see yourself is not the way your kids see you. The way you see yourself, sir, is not the way your wife and kids see you. She might not act like she likes you, but she really does. I don't know what you walked in with tonight, but maybe you're like Naomi. Maybe you even feel like Jonah. Maybe you feel like Noah. After Noah built that ark, he buys a wine vineyard. Gets so drunk on his own wine, he gets naked. At least you didn't get naked. You just got a DUI. Perspective. How about David? If David would have been where he was supposed to be fighting, instead of sitting at home looking over his balcony at a woman bathing, Bathsheba, sends for Bathsheba, gets her pregnant, then proceeds to kill her husband, his friend, because sin will take you further than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, keep you longer than you want to stay. But he's a good, good father. He's still was said that David was a man after God's own heart. Because people label you, but God deals with the matter of the heart. We still call Rahab the harlot, and she was delivered. Maybe you're walking around with the label. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God calls you redeemed. God got off of that cross, got off that throne and onto that cross and stretched his arms out wide and said, I'm taking 39 stripes. So you ain't got to take 40. And I'm here to tell you tonight, all he wants is your yes. And guess what? You don't even have to know where you're going. He said he's a lamp unto your feet. And a light unto your path. If God can do in my life what he's done in 10. And I get to stand at Second Chance Church tonight. In a pulpit of a man that I am fangirling over. 
then what can he do in your life in a year? From a yes. One ounce of obedience will do more for you than all the prayer in the world. Stand on your feet. If you're in this room tonight and you say, I feel like I've been right here. I keep getting almost there and breaking out and feel like I'm going into a new season and then I get pulled back. But tonight I feel like I've gotten the courage to push. I don't really know how you could come to Second Chance Church with a pastor that's so transparent. And I feel like if he can do it, you can do it. But the enemy is a liar. The enemy is a punk. The enemy is the only idiot that ever got kicked out of heaven. He's an idiot. In fact, you looking under your bed to see if he's under there? He's actually looking under his bed to see if you're under there. Because he knows that you are the apple of, his, of God's eye. He can't touch you. He can't touch your family. He can't touch your health. He can't touch. If you will stand in faith. I don't even know what you're fighting in this room tonight. But whatever it is that seems, that seems insurmountable. It is nothing but a molehill to God. When you accepted Jesus as your personal savior, all old things have passed away and he's made things new. And it's a good time right now to do this. You listen to me. If you're in this room tonight and you say, Kimberly, I don't know who Jesus is, but I want him. I want whatever you smoke and I want some of it. Maybe you've ran away from God. Maybe you've ran away from God. Maybe during this pandemic, you lost some loved ones that died in a room all by themselves and you still can't understand why it happened. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. When my daddy was dying three years ago and I'm watching him take his last breath, I'm laying over him and I'm like, God, I know you ain't taking my daddy. I know I'm about to see a miracle. I know it. I've been showing my daddy all over the world. This is going to be a perfect time for a revival. And my daddy's taking his last breath and I'm laying over my daddy and I said, God, why are you taking my daddy? Why didn't you take my ex? (laughs) And God said, we got two situations here. You need to go get your heart right. And number two, Because your daddy's ready and your ex ain't. And as I'm laying over my daddy, I'm taking the transference of the anointing that was leaving with him. You cannot stay stuck in grief. You cannot stay stuck in the shoulda, couldas, and wouldas. You cannot stay stuck in shame. Condemnation is not of God. You're still repenting for stuff you did because there's people in your life that won't let you go, won't let your past go. If they won't let your past go, let them go. Sometimes you got to move people from the VIP section of your life. You've been letting them sit in the VIP. They don't celebrate you. They tolerate you. And you need to move them from from the VIP to the balcony. You need to say, I love you, but from up there. I love you in the nosebleed. They making you act like you AAA. You ain't drank in 12 years. I'm an alcoholic. No, you ain't. It's under the blood. 
Stop walking around, beating yourself up for something you did two years ago, one year ago. Let it go. Let it go. You ain't got to take this crap anymore. Let it go. You're still repenting and God is over here saying, I don't even know what you're repenting for. God has spiritual amnesia. He said, why are you staying stuck in something that I've already redeemed you of? Just why you keep going back to the addict situation. Because you got people around you that won't let you, won't let it go. They keep reminding you, you're falling again. I just see it in your eyes. No, I'm not. Maybe it's time for you to close some doors and move into some new areas. Because God uses relationships to elevate you and the enemy uses relationships to destroy you. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron. It does not say butter knife sharpens butter knives. It says, iron sharpens iron. You got to get rid of people in your life that are holding you hostage. I'm just going to warn you. You're not going to talk to me this way anymore. Kiss my boundaries I love you but I'm not that person anymore I'm redeemed I'm chosen I was built to carry a legacy yo I went from being that woman's biggest prayer point I went from being the one in my family that everybody prayed for the most to now I'm literally the goat Literally. When I wrote my first book, ain't nobody bought that book. They were like, girl, what? Why are you even writing a book? Huh? Mimi sat and wrote all, all five books with me. And this one I just signed with Nelson, one of the biggest publishing companies on the planet. Why? Because every time I fell, I got back up again. Failure is a part of success. If you don't learn how to fail well, you don't drown by falling. You drown by staying there. I want everybody in this room to lift up your hands like this. And if you're in this room and you say, I want to rededicate my heart to Jesus. Or I want to accept Jesus as my personal Savior. I want you to lift your hand a little bit higher. A little bit higher. I see you. You ain't got nothing to be embarrassed about. Shoot. Come on, lift it up. Look at all these hands. Take that, you punk devil. Boom, shaka, laka, like a boom. Look at all these hands, man. This excites me. We're making heaven more crowded. Now, everybody in this room, I want you to repeat this after me. Let's all do it together because a lot of y'all need Jesus. You just don't know it. <laughs> Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for judging the one you created as a masterpiece. Forgive me for getting in my own way. Forgive me for letting my past be bigger than my future. Lord, I give you permission to blow my mind up in here, up in here. Father, I give you permission to make the best season of my life start right now. I prophesy over my life. Come on, say it. Amos 9, 13. 
it says it won't be long now God's decree said things are about to happen so fast that my head is about to spin blessing upon blessing y'all don't believe that because you sure ain't getting it because you ain't saying it blessing upon blessing I won't even be able to keep up Now, here's what I want you to say loud. You ready for this? On the count of three. Devil! Devil! I'm back! Y'all ready? We're going to make the rafters in this place shake. You ready? On the count of three, that's what we're going to say. And I want y'all to give out a cheer. Make this place rumble. Are you ready? Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Lord, thank you for what you did in this place tonight. Thank you for the beautiful pastors that you've instilled, installed in this place to lead. Lord, this is a place that evangelists are being raised up. This is a place where fearless people are being raised to do the work of the Lord. Lord, tonight I pray over marriages that they're strong they're strong that God you would put love back in marriages that you would build fortitude around marriages where relationships where they can learn to communicate again because communication kills assumptions Lord we don't need divorces we just need to divorce our pride Lord, allow us to stand in your presence humbly. Because, Lord, we know we would have never made it if it weren't for you. Lord, I pray Second Chance Church is about to overflow in a revival. (laughs) Three services on a Sunday ain't going to be nothing. I'm glad. Pastor Perry works out. Because y'all about to have a marathon in this place. Because what the devil meant for evil, God is bringing. This is going to be a heaven on earth. This is going to be a place where people just want to come and sit in the presence in this building. Because peace cohabitates in this place thank you Lord for bringing strong couples in this place strong singles this will be a church full of millionaires and billionaires the first in the family this church will be full of generational curse breakers This will be a church where we have the oh hell no moments a lot. Where we tell hell to shut up. Where we learn to take our kids back. 
where we learn how to hush up and pray. Where we learn how to take it to the throne instead of the phone. Where we learn how to lay hands on each other and pray for real. This will be a tribe of people that pray instead of gossip. This will be a place where we breathe life into each other. This will be a place where we don't need stickers for the car. They'll just know you a second chance church, ain't you? Lord, I pray it jump on every person in this room. I pray the fire of God jump on every person in this room. That God, we don't want it for us for accolades or for clout. That we're chasing deliverance over dignity. And that God, we're going to stand flat footed and love the unlovable. We're going to be you with hands and feet. We're going to be you with liquid love flowing out of us. Father, in this place, I pray insomnia doesn't know an address in this home. Their homes have peace. Their homes have joy. Their homes are full of love. This week, show yourself strong like never before. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Thank y'all for letting me be a part of you. I love you guys. We're going, to re- we're going to retire this microphone. I was, um, I was sitting there, there going, I just, I just wish she would say what she's really thinking, what's really on her heart. Um, were, were you blessed tonight? Were you, were you blessed? I, I literally have no words. It was absolutely amazing. Um, God used you to speak life into to me in an incredible way and if I start talking about it I'll start weeping so I'm just going to tell you thank you so much Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a prayer and then when I say amen we're dismissed and um, uh, we're gonna give y'all some time to to get to the back I think you've got some uh, Mimi you and you and Real Talk Kim have got to get to the back and I think y'all got a a t-shirt or a book or something. Um, And I was in special needs classes too, by the way. I really was. Feel like we were separated at birth, brother and sister. Anyway, Father, we thank you tonight for for the life that was spoken into us. Jesus, I pray that that that, that, that word, that seed that's in our heart would just continue to just to just to grow over this next week and this next month and this next year. Thank you, Jesus, that what what we saw tonight, what we heard tonight, is just a snapshot of what you want to do in all of our lives. We love you, Jesus, because you are a good father. And we declare this in your name. Everybody that agreed said...
Amen. Y'all have a great night.